This is your international break instalment of Why You Won Spurs. Welcome along. You're listening to myself, Ian Wallace, as I and the other podcast regulars assess Tottenham's first eight matches of the 2021 season. I'll firstly welcome my son, Casper Wallace. Welcome, Casper. Then we have Peter Wright and Simeon Wright. How are you guys? Howdy. Yeah, I'm good. Very, very good, Ian. Thanks for having us today. And then Ricky Swarbrick uh, joins us remotely today from Cardiff. How are you, Ricky? I'm good, thanks, Ian. Good, good, good. And then there's a very welcome return to the platform for Bob Jordan. How are you, Bob? Yeah, all good. Hi, guys. Great to have you back here. Um, So just before we get into our team's exploits on the pitch, it's incumbent on us as a Spurs podcast that we acknowledge this week's major football story, which is the club's part in proposals drawn up by Manchester United and Liverpool to restructure the Premier League and the EFL, which is being called Project Big Picture. We won't go deep into it today, but largely unpopular plans would give Tottenham Hotspur added might as a big six club when it comes to the top-flight decision-making process. Tottenham have yet to comment on the proposals which the Premier League itself has condemned, but reports suggest that plans would facilitate a £125 million rebate on the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, independent reports that Tottenham are in favour, one to keep an eye on. I just mentioned this to Bob in the car on the way here, and he said, uh, I'm up for anything that which might get West Ham relegated. That's correct, yeah. Well, West Ham, <laughs> yeah. West, West Ham have, have thrown it out already, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. yeah okay. I think it's, it's 125 million reasons why I'm not surprised <laughs> that Spurs are in favour of Anyway, we won't go into that. Possibly that's for a future podcast. But anyway, having opened the season with a drab 1-0 home loss to Everton... Jose Mourinho droned ominously on about a harsh fixture pilot, which we've contrived to navigate almost flawlessly, with six wins from seven matches, scoring 25 goals in the process. So, does Jose deserve steep, steep praise for breezing through that run, or did he overplay it to start with? Ricky, you know, you're a huge Jose fan amongst us all from day one. Yeah. Does he deserve this steep, steep praise? Yeah, I think he does. I mean... I know you just said I've been a huge Jose fan from, from day one, but I think back in the day when, when, when we signed him and when I was picking him up and I was telling you all that he's, he's not a dinosaur and so on, I don't know if I believed it you know, with, with, with total conviction. I was worried about what you guys were saying, that is he a dinosaur? So I feel like we've got to a stage now where I think it's, he's been vindicated. People are, people are st- even the Jose doubters are sort of starting to say okay well let's give him a chance because we're playing really well on the pitch and I, I think he was absolutely I mean that fixture uh, pilot was ridiculous I've never seen anything like that I mean we were literally pay- playing a game every couple of days weren't we I think he did do really well let's not forget that we were quite good against Newcastle even though we didn't get the win we've had some pretty good performances within that 20 day period hmm. two week period wasn't it yeah, and Bob, Bob, what do you what do you think in the sort of those first eight games we've had? Um, obviously, the Everton game apart, which possibly who knows what happened there. What, what, what has been the best performance for you so far in this first eight games? Well, on paper, obviously the Man United result. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was a crazy result. Mm. Uh, I thought we played really well against against Newcastle. Mm. Um, we we should have won that. Uh, we should have won it easily. The only thing I would criticise about that, we should have been out of sight by half-time. Yeah. Um, the Chelsea second half, I thought we played well. And 
Yeah, they were on top in the first half, but I don't think they, I don't think they were quite as dominant as uh, Frank Lampard's try to portray. He's the new Brendan Rodgers, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I quite like the way Jose got in his head as well. So he's obviously he, he, so that seemed to me to indicate that Jose's got his mojo back a little bit. Peter, what, what, do you, what do you think? Was it been an impressive after the Man United game apart? What, what, what other game do you felt we sort of really played well in? Well, definitely um, uh, Southampton. The fact that with although Newcastle and previous games we played uh, we played quite well in, but I think it was um, I think it's the moment when Dem and Dombele did that turn on the halfway line and sort of released Son. It was just like almost like a pivotal moment. For that game and, and then potentially for our season, it just seemed to things seemed to open up from there. So I, I think it, it's probably our most complete performance. I think the Man United game, although it was a brilliant performance, I think it was slightly distorted by the the sending off. Um, that was a great performance, but I thought that the, the one against Southampton was probably my favourite. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the understanding between Kane and Son was sort of like telepathic. telepathic. Yeah, Casper, yeah. um, how, how did you feel with the Southampton? I mean, we watched the Southampton game; we were absolutely fantastic. But did, you, did you feel we were better against Southampton than against Man United? I mean, I think what was good about the Southampton game a lot of times when we've gone one 0 down in a game like that, we've we've never really responded. Like for for, for instance, last season when we played Southampton, we went one 0 down, and then like the players just negative from there. But I liked how like. And on ballet was like pushing forward, which, which gave us like the positive drive yeah. to um, to get the goal. But I would say the Man United game has probably been the, the most satisfying and best performance this season because I think it just showed that first of all we are a team to like watch out for, and like there was promising from like End on ballet, like Regulon, Aurier mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, so yeah, and and the defence wasn't half bad for. Yeah. Um, Sim, what, what's your sort of thoughts on um, Southampton um, game? Because I mean, I, I thought it was a great, real, complete performance. And, and as Casper says, me- mentally we went one 0 down, and mentally I, I, I was I was shot. I, I thought, oh, we're going to lose this. Yeah. Well, it's just amazing how quickly things can change, isn't it? Because that, I mean, you skip out the Europa League game that was in between the Everton game and the Southampton one, but it was all negativity after the Everton one and the Southampton one you forget that after what 45 minutes of that game I know we equalised just before half time but you're suddenly looking at you know the headlines were going to be Spurs two games two defeats no points and then suddenly the whole picture changes and that Southampton turnaround was so important mm. uh, but that second half I mean it's propelled Son I would say mm. into a category of like one of the real real heavyweight players in the Premier League because I don't think yeah. he's ever gotten quite the credit he deserves and I think after that he really made people sit up and watch him and the other thing you can't forget about that is Kane's performance because Kane showed that he's not just about scoring goals I mean four assists that's unbelievable mm, yeah, yeah. That and that's why it's pivotal because the game just turned on what Ndombele did but mm, that's yeah. making the Everton game look like a, a minor mm. aberration now yeah so I the, agree. the results have been like an upward trajectory and since, since then and, and Bob, do you, do you feel that Everton came was just a bit of a, a, a blip and we wasn't really ready? What, what do you? What's your thought, thoughts on that? Looking back, yeah, I don't think we didn't didn't look didn't look fit, didn't know what, didn't look familiar with with people. 
you we were left exposed. Doherty was bombing, bombing forward yeah. and leaving gaping gaps. Mm. The, the pair that was played at the back were not didn't have any pace. Do you think they've done their homework on the, the fact that Doherty would go forward and Ancelotti possibly yeah, done yeah. a number? I think he did a little bit. Yeah, I've, I put it down as just a blip. And mm. yeah, first, know. the first if you lose if you're going to lose any game, if you lose the first game of the season, yeah, it, it hasn't really got that much effect on the rest of the season. So uh, mm. yeah, I do think it was a blip. Yeah. We didn't quite realise how good Everton were. It was almost unlucky to play them on the first game of the season because they're going to keep this form going and, and we, we just didn't realise how good they were. It's interesting you say that, Ricky, because I, 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 I don't think they are that good and I think they are like a yes. couple of injuries away from being very average. Peter, what's your yeah, thoughts they, on that? They haven't done half bad since mm. they played us in the first game of the season, which makes, mm. makes the result against Everton not look as bad. Yeah. And, that, and mm. don't forget they've got a, an elite manager in charge of them yeah. as well. Yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but I think yeah. you know they're, they're not a half bad side. I yeah, yeah. Been, and, and it just makes our, puts our result in a better light, um, considering what they've done since then. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sim, can I just throw this at you? Harry Redknapp was on uh, the transfer on, on Sky Sports the other night, sort of saying about he feels we could be dark horses in the transfer in the, the title race. What, what's your sort of thoughts on that? Honestly, I agree. At this moment in time, that could change, obviously. But you're seeing the the fragility of Liverpool suddenly starting to show, and Man City. Both of them have been smashed already this season. Yeah, and. It just has a bit of a feel of a yeah, Leicester I season. That as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're well. right in feeling that, Casper, because because it's 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 open. There's there's it's another strange season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When things are going well for Mourinho, he produces teams that become ruthless winning machines, hmm. and I, I don't think it's completely deluded to think that he could do that with us. Yeah. He does like like Bob said earlier. He has got his mojo back. And, and do and do we think that's a great point, Ricky? And do we say, Casper? Do you sort of you know we we love Pochettino in our house? Have we sort of Casper? You as a youngster, have you forgotten about Pochettino? Is it all just about are you sort of in love with Mourinho? Um, I, I would say I've forgotten about thank you. Um, forgotten about Poch, but I think especially after the Amazon documentary, I've definitely uh, Mourinho has definitely grown as a person on me, and yeah. like from, from when he was at Chelsea, I think. I just thought of him as a really annoying person, but then when when you think of managers like that, and when when they're when they're at your club, you can't really hate them anymore. So like, yeah. But I think he's changed my opinion. He's definitely got the tools in front of him to yeah. be successful. Now, but yeah. your original question about you know has he overplayed the fixture congestion? It was a really horrible run yeah. of games. Oh. However, I think that part of that for him is that nagging doubt that's always there about the fitness of our big, big players. And I think with Kane's injury history yeah. and Son as well, he gets injured quite a bit. I think that is part of his worry, that and the fact that um, he wants to win every single game. And I think that's why he's moaned about the fixtures to start with. And he's led us through it, so you can't complain about that. But I think those, I mean, there is there is a sort of inherent fear that something will happen to our big players. Well, look, look, I, I'm, we're all aware of the mind games that Joseph plays and he's painting worst case sort of catastrophic scenario, you know, like, but so that when things sort of don't go as badly as he suggested then, you know, it's a win-win 
So it's good. It's a good bit of psychology. You know? mm. We all play those games. You know, it's, 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 imagine the worst case. You know, and then it, you know, it's, but I think, then I think, you get some sort of turning up at Old Trafford, and you thought he was out for six weeks, which is nobody around this table could not say that they were lifted when they saw someone mm. on the pitch. Yeah, you know? I, just, I just don't yeah. know how. Yeah. Like, is he, has he got his mojo back? And how you know? Can will, will no one ever believe him? Now? Has he cried wolf, Bob? Like with the with the song thing, and never no one's going to believe his team selection. Nah, is He's not the only manager that does that, mm. um, and he's probably better than most at doing it. I think we've had a very, very decent and intelligent transfer window. Yeah. So yeah. he's got to be lifted by that. Yeah. I mean, you look at Chelsea's have been a bit of a scattergun window, really. They've all they've gone and done is signed who are perceived to be the best players. Yeah. Jose's actually addressed the areas that we're weak in. And gone and gone and done something about it's a great it. Great point. I think the Hoiberg, what starts at start he's had. Mm. Oh. I mean, he looked a bit, perhaps a bit slow in the Everton game. Uh, looked a bit nervous, but since then, his last his last two games, he's been phenomenal. It's been Jose likes a small a small squad normally, doesn't he? he likes sort of twenty two two man squad, but we've got a really deep squad. Yeah. Uh, we haven't sold many players in the windows in the window, and I'm, I just wonder if because they're I wonder if they're thinking about COVID. I wonder if they're planning ahead for the fact that, you know, after this international break, we, we're probably going to see teams, we're probably going to see a lot of players going down with COVID. Hmm. I think other countries have seen it, haven't they? Germany, you know, you get sort of seven, eight, ten players within a squad going down all at once with COVID. Yeah. So I just wonder if they've, if they've kept the numbers up with that in mind. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, can I just throw this question to you, Peter? Mm-hmm. Are, are, it might be a bit of a, a sensationalist Sun newspaper headline. Mm-hmm. Are we a Van Dyke away from from a title uh, title shot? I think it's a key key. Uh, we've addressed key areas, like uh, Bob said. You know, we've uh, we've gone for the areas where we we needed to sort of strengthen. The, the thing that I like about it is that we've got strength and depth. You know, you've got you've got Aurier sort of having his best. Game in the Spurs trip, I thought, mm. against Man United. Mm. Mm. Man United made, I don't know if they made, but they made Hoiberg look like Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the way he was bringing the ball forward. You know, like, but where, but where, where were we, Peter? Where, where were we good? We needed that holding midfield. Yeah. You know, that we needed that. And that's, you know, uh, I'm not sure if we're there yet. You know, yeah. the addition of Bale is exciting as well. Yeah. It's the strength and depth. Yeah. Though, like, yeah. yeah. Guys, guys, I, I just sort of want to go around the table and because it's, everything at the moment is really positive about Spurs, isn't it? And so I just want to sort of go around the table and I want us, each of us to give two things which have been positive about the start of the season. So, Casper, as you're the youngest, you want to start? What's the two most positive things you've sort of... I think, I think the, the one positive thing is our reactions when, we, when we've gone 1-0 down or 2-0 down. Like, for, for example, the but the Southampton game and the Man United game, we I would say we sort of went one 0 down relatively early, and we uh, we bounced back from it pretty quickly. And I think the new the new signings have been really good. I think Doherty I think needs to find his feet a bit, but I think Regulon and Endombele is kind of like a new player because we didn't really see much of him last season. But I think. The the reactions from going one uh, from going behind and the new signings are probably 
the most positive. Okay. And the second youngest is you, Peter. Oh, no, sorry, it's yeah. not. Sorry, it's you. <laughs> Go on, Sim. What's the second? Uh, come on, you're the second youngest. Yeah. So what's your two positives from the start of the season? I mean, quite similar to Casper, I'd say, but just slightly different is the response to the Everton defeat. Um, I did say at the time that I thought that the reaction to the Everton game was a bit out of proportion and quite similar to Bob's thoughts about it as well. But, but they we were poor. A bit, yeah, we were poor, yeah. We were yeah. a bit sluggish on the first yeah. game of the season. And also a little bit of what Ricky's previously said as well, that we've lost to a team that have proven to be at this point sort of like the real deal. So that that was a positive for me, the fact that we were able to come back from that and win six out of seven and play well in the game that we didn't win, which was the Newcastle one. Yeah. Uh, and then my second point is like Casper said as well, the transfer window. And that's because I mean, every single position we needed strengthening in, that we needed to strengthen in, we did. We needed a right back, a left back, a sub-keeper, a defensive midfielder, and a sub-striker, hmm. and a superstar. We got all of them. Possibly one other thing that we could have done with as a centre-back, I thought. Hmm. But, you know, Jose's always been behind Dyer, and I think it's got to be a bit of sort of good on his part that he's stuck with a player that he thinks is someone who could be good for him so I think the transfer window is a massive plus for us so far definitely Okay, um, Ricky what's your two positives from the start of the season I just want to say that I completely agree with you that we are we are a Van Dyke away from winning the league but there are no Van Dykes out there if there were Man City would have signed him but <laughs> yeah, my two positives are, well, first, my first positive is um, the Harry Kane no look ball to Sun I think this is the reason Kane's getting all these assists. And I think it's from the training ground. I think they've been told to play the ball forward into an area without looking. Yeah. And, and Kane let it slip in an interview after one of the, after the Southampton games. And then he sort of reacted as if, as if like, oops, I wasn't supposed to say that. So uh, I, think, I think it's really, I think by playing that ball without looking, you buy yourself an, an extra second or, or so, which is, which is, you know, uh, beating that. High line, um, and you know, and Sun's just just clinical. When Sun's through on goal, you just always expect him to score, don't you? Just mm. he did. He scored three, three, three chances against Man City in the Champions League. He's doing it again now. The second, yeah, the second thing is, I'm really impressed by the way the club have taken control of their own narrative in terms of PR, and I actually think that's affecting us on the pitch. Do you remember when Gareth Southgate did it with England? He he really made an effort to sort of own the, the narrative, and he was, and, and that seemed to have an effect on the England players. And I think, I think Spurs are doing this, and, and I think part of it is to do with the documentary. The club's narrative used to be dictated by the sort of Manchester United media, where we're Spursy, and Daniel Levy himself was sort of labelled as this sort of anti-Semitic stereotype. Um, there, there, was, there was definitely a, a media agenda against Mourinho. And I think the documentary has been such good PR yeah. that, it's, that it's affected the players on the pitch. And it's given us momentum. And Mourinho does well when he, get, when he has momentum. Yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant well, point. What for you, Ricky, is the narrative yeah. that they're trying to push then? Like, if you put in the documentary so, into that narrative, what would you say it is specifically? The, the narrative that Spurs are trying to push or the, the media uh, agenda? Uh, uh, that Spurs are trying to push. Well, I think they've, they've, they've readdressed some of the narratives. I think Levy came across as a human being in that, in that documentary, which I think was, was a good thing. I think with the, the focus on Mourinho talking about intelligence in next Tuesdays, 
you know, that is the antithesis of, of the old Spursy narrative. Yes, and, and and every time, every time you tune in to Spurs on Sky Sports, if Spurs don't win, Roy Keane will say, well, it's in their DNA. Their, you know, whatever that means. They're Spursy. And, it, and we, we, we've never been able to sort of shake that off. And I really think people um, took note of that, that sort of intelligent line from Mourinho. That's and, a brilliant and, point. And I, I, I think people have changed their, their perception towards us. But I think the, the players, our players, have changed their perception as well. And it's given them confidence on the pitch. That's such a good point because at the start of the documentary, I think it was one of, in one of the very opening scenes, it was Levy sat in front of the camera and he does go yeah. and he does address the perception. And he said, they've got a perception of me and it doesn't care, uh, is not ambitious and stuff like that. And he said, that's further from the truth. And I think you're right. I think they put that right at the top, and that is intentionally what they're trying to do. So I think you yeah, and, it, on and in the documentary, Levy doesn't come across like somebody who's trying to be a football know-it-all. He's he's he comes across quite humble, sort of asking Mourinho's opinion about football and and trying trying to come across like he's not a know-it-all. You know, yeah. like sort of you know, Jose, you're the expert. I'm not the expert, and I I, I think Levy came across well. I think Mourinho definitely came across well. Yeah, I, 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 can I just throw something in there? I read something the other day actually about um, Marino, and I'm not a huge fan, but I, I, yeah. he, he is like seems to be so well respected in football, and I, and I thought he was a dinosaur out of his, out of his, you know, out of his era. But um, Wesley Snyder said recently about Jose about when um, Eto played for uh, Inter that um, they Jose played him as left winger in 2009, the year they won the treble. Then like he left and, and the next manager came in, he asked Eto to play left wing. Eto said, I only do that for Jose. Mm-hmm. So possibly, yeah. you know, jo- Jose is this for me and I, I you know, I hold my hands up. I, I possibly was in love with Poch and yeah. possibly yeah. Jose is this person and, who is well, great. And there's he's not a, oh, sorry, I got sorry, it. Guys. Well there, there, there's there's another, first of all the dinosaur thing I think is partly because Jose doesn't always jump on the bandwagon of whichever sort of tactical systems come back into fashion. But, but I, the, the other narrative about Mourinho that I don't buy into is the three-year cycle. If you sort of look at his career as a whole, I'm not sure that it's true that Jose has a three-year cycle. Everyone who manages Chelsea has a three-year cycle. That's an issue with the club, not the individual managers. Manchester United and Real Madrid, it's hard to judge a manager with, at those clubs because they're such sort of um, toxic environments at the moment. And, and Mourinho is still loved by the Inter Milan fans, still loved by the Chelsea fans, still loved by the Porto fans. And I, I just don't believe this three-year thing. And I think, I think we're going to see in, in well, if, if, if we say now that he's in his first full year, I know a lot of people are trying to sort of say this is his second year, but if, if he's in his first full year, I've got a feeling he's still going to be our manager in a couple of years' time and still doing well. That's what I hope anyway. And you made that point, Ian, about Wesley Schneider and it shows that certain players and a certain squad will buy into a manager like that. Mm. And it's similar to what you saw actually, I don't know if you guys read the comments from Wayne Rooney recently about Louis van Gaal. And he said he's the best manager that he's paid for. But Man United's recruitment recently has been notoriously bad and it's just about a group of players and possibly... You might see he's he's another manager who's considered to be out of his time and you know a bit a bit of a dinosaur. But maybe yeah. someone like him could have been successful with the right group of players and people who were 
you know, viewing his ideas a bit like Rooney. And I think the Tottenham players are buying into Jose, and that's what's the most important thing. Yeah, really interesting. Anyone who fails at United becomes a dinosaur in the eyes of the media. Yeah. Uh, look at Ron. Look at Ronak. Ronak. He certainly yeah. enhanced his PR in the sense that the Amazon documentary a lot to do with that. Come out. I mean, wasn't my favourite person before. I mean, yeah. that's just I mean, me, I'm very much warm to him. You yeah. know, yeah. stuff like his dog dying as well. The yeah. way that the way that you know the people reacted to that I think. Yeah, it shows us sort of like a bit of a human side to him yeah I, yeah. I totally agree um, Bob you're, you're uh, the next youngest uh, uh, 40, 41 are you still yeah, yeah plus, plus 13 take, or something I'll take that I'll take that what's, what's your two positives from the start of the season Bob I would say transfer window and I'll just say the energy that the team's got now you've now got from having pedestrian a pedestrian fullback and uh, a loose cannon of a fullback. You've now got your first your first pairing has got some incredible energy there. Doherty um, and Regulon. I mean, I uh, scouted Regulon. He wasn't for me. He wasn't an obvious choice, but mm. he's he looks absolutely fantastic. Can, can I, I want to throw this out to you, Bob, because I've made a note here, and I, you know, and Casper will back. I, I am obsessed with this guy. I think he's the one of our most important signings yeah. in the last five years. His energy. I, I read somewhere, Casper, you might be able to back me up on this. Apparently, only Mbappe was quicker than him last season in like this sprint thing. Apparently, he's one of the quickest players in the world, and I just think he's one of the most important signings. He could be our Andy Robertson. You know that that you know. Imagine if you're yeah, a right, yeah, you're a right-sided yeah. player. Suddenly, you know, where, where we had Ben Davis, where we are on the back foot, now Regulon, he's like hammering up and down. You make, you're making me sad because mm. it means that they can buy him back, doesn't it? Because <laughs> I'm doing that clause in him. <laughs> but Bob, yeah, what, what is that? <laughs> hey, they, Real Madrid have a buyback clause in him of about after one season, isn't it? For, is it one season? Is it, is it a year? I don't know, does it expire after like. A I think it's two years. years, I think it's two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they, they may not. They may not buy him back. I'm, I'm not sure. They I mean, they do have on. a. They do have a young French left back, uh, yeah. Mendy. Okay. So, but. Yeah. So go, go, going back to your things, though, Bob. So, like your, you know, the the fullbacks have been a huge thing for yeah, you, and absolutely. the energy in even, the team. Even Davis, the the games he's played since since we made those signings, is giving him a kick up, kick up the arse, and he's mm. he's looked he's looked fairly decent. But you think that's because of Jose has suddenly got all this competition for places yeah, now? Exactly Whereas right. before, you know, Davis thought, oh, well, I'll play, I won't I, go I forward. just wonder whether Poch was too loyal to mm. a lot of the players. Yeah. I just, I just wonder if he wasn't ruthless enough, and perhaps. I think, I think that's what kind of costs us. In the, it costed us in the Champions League final. Mm. I think mm. Poch thought he had to play the players that once got him here. Instead of playing mm. the players who actually deserve to play. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think Jose wouldn't have played Kane in that game? Mm, I think mm. Jose's a big fan of Kane. But I, I think yeah. people like Delhi, who didn't play very well that season, I wouldn't say deserved a start. I would say Lucas deserved a start more than him. But yeah. Casper, do you think like you're a huge Delhi Alley fan? Obviously, you're younger. You're you know you, you're a big fan of Delhi Alley. But do you think the Deli Ali situation is making the play like him not really playing? Do you think the making the players think, "Oh my Christ, like Delhi's not playing"? I better really work hard. Do you think that's a big part of it? I mean, I think, 
I think Delhi not playing. I think, I I think it probably did shake shake all the uh, all the Squad players. Up. And I think I think Eric Dyer said Delhi's been training really hard, like since since he's been dropped for a, for a couple of games. So I think like when I think Jose with Delhi, I know in the documentary a lot he said he like he needs to like knuckle down and stuff like that. So I think he's just given him a bit of a, mm. you know, like a wake up yeah. call, yeah, just to say, oh, I'm gonna bench you for a few. I'm gonna leave you out of the squad for a few games. You have to like train hard to get back in the squad. Yeah, interesting. I'm so glad you didn't leave the club though. Just yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, it, it just, yeah. I just think that yeah, me there too. There will be another. Second, There's a player. There's a second coming. Oh, I'm you know. I'm so like skeptical about whether he'll get back to that level, and I think. I don't think it's just as simple as he's lazy and that he's not trying. I think it's more no. of a psychological... So, you, for example, I, you get an injury, the way he has, the amount of injuries he's had, and something just... I mean, I'm not a, I'm not like a technical expert, but something just goes in your ability, and I think he finds that frustrating. And maybe it's something inside yeah. him that's... He's almost thinking, like, I don't want to be seeming to be trying too hard because it's nothing... Because he's never had to try hard to yeah. Yeah. To, to, to bring his ability up. Like a, a languid style, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it must be incredibly frustrating for him to not be able to do what he used to be able to do with his feet. Do you think Peak Belly... So Peak Delhi gets into our starting level? Yeah. Yes. Delhi so, yeah. from all day long. Back yeah. in... Bob, Bob you, you, you want to say something? Well, I, I, I think Delhi sort of... Put, pigeonholed himself into he's only ever worked in the four four two three one formation and playing behind Kane. Originally when he came in he was playing deeper and that's how he established himself. But he he seems to have become that that withdrawn striker, the the number ten role that gets touted about now. Yeah. I don't think we're going to play that formation an awful lot. No. So he's got to reinvent himself as a different midfield player. Yeah. If he actually wants to get back in, I think he's yeah, got to... Yeah, we're a 4-3-3 team. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. role doesn't exist anymore. No, so what you're no saying, yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, I've, I've said this a few times on this podcast, not that I'm brilliant at everything, <laughs> but I, I actually think he's much better as a... I think he could be a central midfielder. Literally, with his face to, like facing the goal, not not with his back to goal. He seems to be a bit slow. That's how he started. Sorry, yeah, sorry. yeah. And, and I think and arriving could, late yeah. in the box. I do think he could be that person. I do think he'd be that person. But, but Peter, I think I'm glad he hasn't gone. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Twenty-four years old. I'm, um, yeah, I'm glad he hasn't gone. I just this is why I think he doesn't get in. Even Pete Daly doesn't get into this starting level because I don't know where he plays. He doesn't oh, he doesn't oh, play great. instead of yeah, Son or Bale. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sim, Pete Daly gets in the, our first team now. You see, I would have said yeah, but I think Bob swayed me there in the system. I don't think he, he gets in that system, and it depends if you're talking about Pete Delhi from like early or like late 2015 when he was playing that deeper role. But mm. in this, in the system that we destroyed Man United with, and that Gareth Bale's going to play, and probably not. No, we'll come we'll come on to that a bit later on. Peter, what what are your two positives from uh, the start of the season? I'm going to start a bit repeating myself, but I just go back to Don Belly and Endo Belly. Sorry, the felt like he sort of like re-found himself in that Southampton game. When he gets the ball, he just he's just got his head looking forward. He's like he's looking to play a forward pass, you know, and he's doing things that his namesake was doing. But he's got goals in him as well, you know. Mm. So I'm, mm. I'm very very excited about the prospect of what he could become. I think he's key. 
Mm. Uh, um, yeah, so yeah, he's just and he's got he's just got that positive outlook when he's got the ball. Mm. So there's, that's one positive. The other one is um, is Aurier. I think I'm glad he didn't leave. Another player I'm glad didn't leave. I think he's had a boot size twelve up his backside <laughs> from the arrival of Doherty. You know, saying well. It's always been a good player. I just yeah. think. Was, it, was it the same boot that he spilt the milkshake on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's, it's never been established whether that was actually Jose's footwear. Casper, can we just, just, can just bring imply, you? Implied, wasn't Casper, can you do your impression of uh, Delis there when he spilt the milkshake? Come on, <laughs> come on. Um, I think they're Jose Mourinho's. <laughs> Jose Mourinho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think him. Sort of staying at the club and that competition for places in that area, and I think he's now kind of like, like I said, he had his best game in his first shirt on mm. against against United. I'm going to be greedy as well and go for a third. Go I think regular and it's just oh, hit, hit, hit the ground running. <laughs> Do you know I'm what? Very excited about that nutmeg he did on Rashford. Yeah. As well. yeah, yeah. I mean, the first thing he did was give a goal away. I was like, oh no, <laughs> but then but where he know, chased back, where he yeah, chased yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. After that mistake, yeah. but guys, you know when you play football, yeah. all of us have played football here. But you can be technically good, but just pace can just absolutely rip you. Can't, the guy's a machine. Yeah, he, I just could not believe the amount of energy. Andy oh, Robertson yeah. and Trent last yeah. year. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, yeah. Re- Regulon, I, I swear, Re- Regulon is a better buy than Bale for me. Could could, could prove could prove um, and we you know we're not even really talking about, you know it's really interesting there all of us have gone around this table and no one's mentioned Bale yeah. in in the two positive things <laughs> yeah. how interesting is that Sim what's, what's just it's I mean it's almost been forgotten I think in some ways that Gareth Bale's coming into this team because that performance against Man United the ecstasy of beating them six one has just been you know it's, it's been everything I've thought about in the last. Couple of weeks, but you got to bring Gareth Bale into that team, and then yeah. wow, wow. Well, the reason yeah. we haven't spoken about him is because we put that run of results together without him in the team. Yeah, yeah. So you've still got him to come, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just sort of want to move on, like just we might have like a quick 10 minutes of possibly going through the squad, and I'll sort of go around. A lot of these players have played, you know, most, most players because we've had a lot of games, most players have played, so I sort of just want to do a little like school report really on a few players. so I'm going to sort of throw it out randomly. Goalkeeper-wise, Ugo and Joe Hart. Sim, can you sort of give me what, uh, yeah, what's your sort of quick thoughts on each one of those? 